This is a public service announcement sponsored by the DC Show. If these words were to offend you, Soldier Boy Tell. And now, if you need help with your ABCs, or your vocabulary, say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. You're eating hair. Oh, somebody gets easily offended. Go change the channel, big boy. Go have a soda. Go, go ahead. Go have a soda. Not a huge surprise, but clearly one of the great comebacks since Burt Reynolds' hairline. It came in a two-word statement, which is now just begging to have a Nike campaign built around it. Quote, unquote, we're back. We took a little bit of a 10-year hiatus, but here we are again. The DC Show, this time in podcast platform. I'm your host, Matthew Cutler, a.k.a. Slim. Desmond, go ahead. Reintroduce yourself to the world. Mike, Mike, Miggity, Mike, Mike, you're, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Listen, it's your boy, Des, the D in the DC show. We out here. Ten-year hiatus. We coming back for a special reason. Shout out to my boy, Slim Cuddy. We back in the building. Let's get it. King Des is here. Yes, sir. Um, We've been talking about this for about maybe a month now. And because of everything that's going on in the world right now, we figure we're going we're gonna to do a special episode talking about what's going on in the world, how it's affecting both of us. Um, what we're doing about it, what can we do about it, and just what's going on in life in general. I know that normally we are, we have fun, we laugh, we crack jokes. We're going to try to do the best that we can with this episode. But if we are a little bit serious, don't get mad at us just because of what the hell is going on. I'm going to start oh, with you. Gonna, oh, go ahead. Oh, shit, no, see, that's where we fucked all up. No, <laughs> go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I was going to say. Listen, to give a little context to who we are, even a little more, if you don't know, my name Des, 6'4 black man. Got my boy Cutler. If I can describe him, we might well describe him as Little Dicky. You're getting popular all day. <laughs> you might as well start calling yourself Little Dicky 2.0. I don't listen, know the way my hair's going. You, you, you never know. Facts. It's getting there. It's getting long and shaggy. That's the thing. We were two friends who grew up with a love of hip hop, came together to create a show. Number one radio show at FAU. That's all I'm going to say about that, hands down. Of course we That's were. That's what we came. A love of hip-hop brought two worlds together. A young Jewish man and a young black man came together. That's the context of what we do. We laugh, we have fun, hip-hop heads. But now we're hitting you with something a little bit serious. I want to keep it light. There's been a lot of serious stuff going on, so I hope I can give you some laughs, but also make you think. So let's get to it. Hey, you said it better than me. That's all I could say. So thank you for that introduction. I really appreciate it. I mean, let's just hop right into it. This world's fucked up right now. We have, I don't even want to say his name. We have a douchebag that thinks he's doing right, but he really isn't. I've been, conf- I don't want to say I'm, I've been conflicted for like the last week and all, but like some reason this one is like hitting differently. I don't know why. Do you, you like, you can tell I'm speechless. I, I, I don't know what to say, but. How do you find this one different than all the other unfortunate murders that have come by cops to 
black men in general or even black women black men women and children let's not let's not forget the no you're absolutely you're absolutely correct their lives what i've seen from this i think it comes from you know you see people where it says black people experience this every day it's kind of just coming to the light for the masses of the world through social media 10 years ago we didn't have social media like this you know we weren't on our smartphones every day posting things and being able to go across the world in the drop of a dime. But even so, I feel that the way we've lived our lives, it's allowed people to kind of create these narratives in their own spaces. The algorithms you hear about on Instagram, social medias, they can curate their timelines at just their thumb touch to be able to see what they want to see and ignore what they want to ignore. But now people are starting to realize you can't escape the truth. And that's the main thing. You can't escape the truth. So people say, you know, as much as hard as it's been hitting black people, it's starting to hit everyone else because you can't turn your head away from it. It's everywhere. So it's a gift and a curse in a sense, but it's bringing more light. So I think that's what's making it different. Absolutely. When we started the radio show, I want to say Twitter was maybe a year or two old. Facebook's been around for, say, five, six years. What the hell was Instagram? So those are the two platforms that you had to get your to promote yourself, to get yourself out there. And now with literally a camera on every single phone, it's out there. It doesn't matter what you do. Bring it back to the last dance. The joke about the traveling cocaine circus or something, you know, that whole joke about that. that. Can you imagine if there was a camera phone in that party? Of course. That's why it's literally these things have been happening for so long. But now we can literally go live with one touch. And the whole world can watch what we're doing in that moment. So you can't get away from it. You can't escape it. Man, I would have been lit to kind of see that <laughs> the, the traveling cocaine circus in the 80s. But Bro, there would have been a lot of things I wanted to see back in the 80s with, if there was camera phones back then. Okay, let's be real. How, how certain albums were made, behind the scenes, stuff on for movies, just stuff in general. That would have been awesome to see. I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of a gift and a curse in a way to where we have these cameras on the phones. They're there to do good, but they're also there to do bad. Number one. Number two, these things are fucking addicting. I don't care what anybody says. Your phone, it doesn't leave anybody's hand. I'm not going to lie. Majority of the time, I have it in my pocket. One, because, you know, I'm talking to people while I'm working. Number one. Number two, I'm also trying to check my steps. Sounds dumb, but at the same time, it doesn't leave my side. It's a lifeline to people nowadays. And you think about things, it's like we always had phones on us back then, but what were we doing? Either to check where your boy was at to go hang out or talking to a girl or doing the the bare minimum of, of doing some Twittering or Facebooking. It wasn't even like that. But now you look at the situations and you see social media, like there was no such thing as an influencer 10 years ago. No, that's not That wasn't even a word in our vocabulary to describe people. Dude, if anything, we could have in a weird way considered ourselves influencers the way that we were trying to promote this show at FAU at the time. Exactly. We, we kind of did a renegade style, but we were still trying to promote the show in any way possible. Exactly. I, I remember looking back on some of my Facebook memories and seeing some statuses I had about that. But we didn't have Instagram. I wasn't posting that on Twitter like that. You know, I didn't have Snapchat or TikTok or doing. Can you imagine, like, if we had TikTok then and things like that to be able to do some things in the studio? No, 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 no. 
you would have been doing everything. Me, I would have been like trying to manage everybody. You're the one that would have been on there all the time. <laughs> we would have definitely had some TikToks dedicated to you. Trust me. Trust me. That would have happened. That's what we see. That wouldn't have That's been fun. Oh, it would have been fun. <laughs> Maybe for you and Andrew. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew. You know, yes, sir. <laughs> but that's the difference now. So literally back then, you know, they had what they call tastemakers. But even tastemakers just kind of the, in the industry, people were in the know who knew things. Those are tastemakers. Now anybody can be called an influencer because they have what? Social media account and a phone with a camera on it. So that's where the world has changed. No, absolutely. Influencers. Yeah. Speaking of those assholes, you actually brought it to my attention. I want to say maybe it was yesterday on people standing around and getting pictures taken, acting like they're helping out. When in reality, I don't even see what the point of doing that was, in my opinion, just because what are you trying to influence in that particular situation? Especially the one video that was out that's out there to where some woman is literally standing in front of a T-Mobile store. How's that supposed to influence me by seeing you stand in front of a busted open T-Mobile store? In workout clothing, a sports bra and leggings. Yes, and like, flip-flops. You, Can't forget the flip-flops. Yes. Can't forget the flip-flops. So what were you trying to influence here? I, I could imagine, like I tried to think of scenarios of what her caption would be for that. So that's what we should do. We should try to think of what what captions do you think she put? So my number one caption, she said she probably stood there. The picture was taken. And her caption was, I feel the pain of our world but it's a T-Mobile store. You're mad because the cell phones got hurt? Like, I don't understand. Like, that's one. <laughs> Bro, these captions that people put, don't get me wrong, some of them are very good. Heartfelt, you know, a lot of thought put into them. Like you were just that's saying. provoking. Like you were saying, what the, what the fuck's heart caption going to be? Damn, I missed out on that Apple Watch. Oh, well, I guess I can walk in and go get it now. Exactly. That would be real. If she put that, I'd actually give her a follow. <laughs> <laughs> But it, being real at that point. Hey, I mean, keeping it 100, right? <laughs> keeping it real goes wrong. But I guarantee you. It's funny you said that. That video of her getting out, because I know she saw that video. It, everybody is oh, yeah. No, it's funny you actually said that. I want to say it was either yesterday or Sunday. I actually brought that up when keeping it real goes wrong. I forgot what the opinion was. I mean, of course, that had to do with something unfortunate, what's going on in the world today, but. The way I phrased it, I it like all I had was Chappelle in my voice in my head going, "When keeping it real goes wrong, you think it's a fucking game?" Arr, arr. That's all. That's all I had in my head. <laughs> Facts. That's literally, you know, that's what you're seeing a lot of. Because at the end of the day, these people's true colors are coming out, and that's what it is. When keeping it real goes wrong, they're trying to promote whatever their narrative is in life, and these influencers, the worst one. Did you see the one with the woman with the drill? The drill? What the fuck was that? All right. Listen, she walks out of her BMW, or um, excuse me, Mercedes Benz. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't miss class the car. Exactly. She got out of her Mercedes Benz, walked up to a worker who was boarding up a store that had his windows broken, and posed for a picture that her boyfriend took, acting like she was helping drilling in this plywood over a window. The drill wasn't even on. Mm. The guy sitting to the side, confused, because he's just like, oh, okay. Facts. She says, boyfriend gets the picture. She says, thank you so much. 
gets back in her Mercedes and dips out. I want to applaud that person who saw this happening in live time and pulled out their phone and got them on film. Now, do you want to hear the best part of it? You want to hear the kicker? Please tell me. Please tell me. This woman is a journalist. The woman who was perpetuating helping rebuild is a journalist. Now, mind you, all she had on was a little bandana over her face and normal clothes. Right. And any type of work clothes. She is, I'm not even going to mention her platform because I don't want to give her any light. But she is a known for keeping it real in journalism. She is a intern with the Washington Post. She has done work with multiple different platforms where her platform that she tries to speak on is being real and keeping the facts. But of course, I digress to that. She is a Trump supporter, is MAGA all the way. And look at this narrative that she's trying to create, that she's against the looting and protesting and helping out it's such bullshit out here with the fuck shit get out of here i, I wish here. i wish i had like a little board so where i can hit the button that says when keeping it real goes wrong bro but that's not even keeping it real that's literally the opinion of faking the funk to yeah. brainwash people it's crazy it's a crazy world we're living in right now it's crazy times unprecedented what goes through your thought process and says hey get a picture of me acting like i'm doing something it doesn't matter what you're doing but what goes through your thought process of that to where it goes, you know what, I'm going to go act like I'm doing some good in the world today, even though I'm going to act like I'm a real piece of shit once this video comes out? Of course. That's the thing. They have a brand to keep up. That's all these people, these Instagram models. Let me not even get to them. These Instagram models, these influencers, these people who act like they're the greatest people in the world but wouldn't lift a dime to actually help anybody. That's what's wrong in the world. These people have... Uh, aesthetic to keep up if it doesn't fit their aesthetic they're not going to do it if i'm a white influencer who caters to young fit people why am i going to alienate those people and post about black people because guess what when george floyd died they weren't saying nothing so all of a sudden this week the whole world's turning up for george floyd and now they're out here out of the woodworks come on no come on, <laughs> come come on, on son, son. <laughs> <laughs> yes we still got it. It's still got it, baby. Still got but it. it. Oh man, Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. The first thing that thought th- that went through my thought process when all these protests started going down was Kendall Jenner giving a Pepsi. Oh man, uh, that's been my favorite thing on Twitter. Bro. Everybody say just just bring a Pepsi to the protest. <laughs> I'm sorry, it sounds fucked up, but that's the first thing that went through my head was where's Kendall to give a Pepsi to the cop? Now, in hindsight. Was it genius? Because we're still talking about it. You're absolutely correct. But at the same time, that was definitely in bad taste. Of course. It was terrible. It was literally the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But, but like you just said, society we're in. No, absolutely. But like you just said, it's coming back somehow full circle almost uh, five years ago, I want to say. Four or five years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's just like... <laughs> The influencers that come out the world try to figure something out. You see that. But there's even a darker side of it where it's the clout drug. Because guess what? We wasn't talking about clout 10 years ago. That wasn't a thing. There was different other things. You know, we can call it capping. We can call it faking the funk. We can call it whatever you want. Nowadays, it's these clout chasers. So guess what you see? You see these people of all races who are just trying to chase clout by whatever it is, whether it's breaking a window to make it look like you're 
about the cause, even though they don't really know what the cause is about. I saw two young white girls in Wisconsin breaking windows because they thought it would be fun. I actually did see that. I actually saw that video. I did see Mm -hmm. that. And she was it a P.F. Chang's, I want to say, or maybe there's a different video I saw because I saw a video to where a few. Because I saw a video of a white girl in a dress going up to a P.F. Chang's with a brick and throwing it and like running back to her friend. She's like, oh, my God, look what I just did. He 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 he. Listen, there's a few of them. The one I saw, it was two white girls. They had on T-shirts. She kicks the window out and then all the protesters started yelling at him, being like, yo, we're the ones who are going to get blamed for this. And you guys are here. Two white girls with your privilege. What are y'all thinking right now? And the, and the girls are like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I'm sure they went on about their business. Oh, and of course. Reports that reports that they were up and down the block doing the same shit. I'm like, come on, man, clout chasing. It's a drug. It's let me get a TikTok out. Let me get this out. Let me let me post for the gram. Like I'm fronting out here. Like what it is, bro? No, absolutely. Now, you recently joined a protest this past weekend. Can you go ahead and talk about that? Because I am curious to see how it went. Just your experience from it. Who was yeah. there? Yeah, me and a good friend of mine. He's a coach and athletic trainer, Rudy. We were on Instagram one night, just kind of basically just sharing in some pain, just seeing everything that's going on. And literally, this is probably about 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. And we said, what can we do? What can we do in our own community? We said, let's make a post. Let's have a peaceful protest and see what we can do. Go out there. You know, see if we, even if it was just me and him, we were going to stand on in Delray. You know, we're from South Florida, Delray Beach, just to post a sign and say something. So, literally, we organized it, made that, sent a post out the next day by one o'clock. We had about 25, 30 people on Atlantic Avenue downtown with signs uh, ranging from everything from Black Lives Matters to end racism. It was a beautiful turnout. You know, we had Many people honking, giving us thumbs up, peace signs, everything, yelling out the window. It's beautiful. Then you also have the other side of those fuck-ass people. Of course. You get the young people who look like they're afraid to look at you because if they look at you, it means that they're with Black Lives Matter, which is totally against them. (laughs) And then you have other people. I I thought it was one 40-year-old white lady. She gave me a thumbs down. And I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Now, I saw on your post, if I get it wrong, please correct me. You were talking to a gentleman, a uh, off-duty or a retired cop? Retired cop. A retired Jewish police officer who served the force for 26 years. In Deer- mm-hmm. at, in Delray or somewhere else? I'm not else? sure where. Uh, I didn't catch where he served. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he just he literally was just riding his motorcycle down the street, saw us, and immediately just pulled over. Nice. You don't have to give into any details on the conversation, but the way it looked like from what I saw on your post, it was very respectful of two men, one black, one white, just having a conversation. Of course. And even so, two men from completely different generations, because he was probably in his 50s or 60s, and I'm in my 30s, and it literally was just him stopping to say, what can I do? What can I do to help? It was beautiful. I didn't expect that. When he stopped, I made sure I was the first one not to toot my own horn or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a big guy. So I made sure I walked over to the first one just in case any fuck shit happened. I want to make sure everybody was protected. Right. He literally was like, hey, man, I I just wanted to stop and see what I can do. Like, what can I do in the community? And it was awesome. It was a dope conversation. You know, hopefully he goes forward and makes some change happen. It was was crazy. It was good stuff, man. It was a great turnout. No, man, that's awesome. Wavin? Yeah. I said, and the cops showed up. They literally popped up, brought us water, told us 
they were with us and you know what i mean it was good vibe they actually stayed just to make sure nobody messed with us you know what i mean they chilled out the whole day it was dope that's awesome to hear especially um when did, all right so it was sunday when did you come up with this idea to do this uh, protest saturday, saturday night it was saturday night so within 12 hours you organized a protest had 25 to 30 people there no incidences you had a great conversation with somebody and you also had cops coming over to talk to you in a respectful manner for sure listen sunday brunch is a big thing in delray beach if anybody knows about it yes <laughs> there was hundreds upon hundreds of cars that went by so even if they didn't stop or do anything they saw it. they saw what's out there they saw everybody black white spanish young and old like we had somebody's grandparents out there we had somebody with their kid out there you know what i mean right and that happened in a span of maybe like not even 12 hours you know what i mean and you know i hope the next one i can organize a little better get more people out there keep growing it doing something you know you can't let the movement die feel me that's definitely something to take away from it but like i said within 12 hours you organize something just something that you just had a conversation with somebody that you know you respect and it came about this which is a great idea for sure and you know i mean that's i'm not trying to toot my horn acting like i'm better than anybody but i'm trying to walk the walk and not just talk I'm trying to get out there in my community, do my things, be an example. You know, I've had a lot of uh, outreach from people and, you know, the feedback is good, but, you know, it's not about me. I'm not here for the glory. I'm here to spread love, you know, spread love like the Brooklyn way, like Biggie used to say, <laughs> but, you know, spread love, spread love in all ways. So absolutely my thing, man. Yeah, for sure. So I've known you for, God, I don't even know how many years. And at one point in your life, you did move to San Francisco because your brother was playing for the 49ers. At that time, was Kaepernick there? I don't remember. Yeah, Kaepernick was there. Okay, mm-hmm. can you have? Can you talk about your experience if you had, you know, just run in with him like really quick? How was he? Just because I know yeah, you were out sure. there for a bit, I just can remember the timeline of whether he played for them at that time or not. Yeah, no, he was there. So that was in his first couple years there with the team, and it was actually I was there right for his meteoric rise. So literally, it was that moment where Alex Smith got hurt, Kaepernick came in became a superstar overnight literally i was there you know right in his prime of those moments so it was wild to see i you know i was at the super bowl in new orleans against the baltimore ravens the arbor bowl i was there yeah no i remember that i remember you sending me pictures Mm -hmm. jealous but whatever (laughs) (laughs) but i'll tell you this about colin kaepernick everybody has to grow and evolve and find out who they want to be in their life colin kaepernick was just like everybody else cool ass dude used to come to our parties at our house we had we had the party house <laughs> legendary moments legendary times that will not be shared anywhere. <laughs> y'all, got, y'all got ndas that you cannot <laughs> divulge <laughs> any information from those parties but cap was your normal dude young dude athlete you know sneakerhead. you know what i mean like had the world in his hands and one day something changed people think like it was fake or something like that but he literally just decided something has to change. So Colin was always a good spoken, you know, well-spoken man, held himself together, never got in any trouble. And one of his big influences, he started dating this woman. Uh, and she was a, she's an MTV personality, you know, social media personality. Hot 97. Very, yeah, Hot 97. And, and when they started dating, he really started to take his activism uh, to the next level. And then that's where everything hit the fan. That's where he decided, you know, because like I said, 
we've seen it. We've seen the Trayvon Martins, the Eric Garners, the Philando Castiles, you know, the Sandra Blands. You know, I could keep going naming, naming. And he took it upon himself to use his platform, which was football, and speak out. And a silent protest that everybody hated him for. And they basically blackballed him and ruined his career because he took a knee. And now to see it come full circle, to see this cop kneeling, it's poetic justice. It's poetic. Yeah, no, I I bring up Kaepernick only because, one, yes, in my opinion, I have family that's served in the military. I have friends that are cops. I've spoken to him about this before. They had no issue with what he was doing. At least Mm -hmm. the ones I talked to, they had no issue Mm -hmm. with what he was doing. The sitting down part, I remember that was the big issue, him sitting down. And then he had to talk with someone in the military, just a random guy that came up to him and told him his piece. Yeah. And told him his piece, he respected it, and we saw the next move. That's when he started kneeling. And the reason why I bring Kaepernick up is because, I'm going to call it what it is, this bullshit statement from the NFL. Correct. To me, it's bullshit. It's, they're trying to, I don't want to say they're trying to do damage control. That's too far too gone, in my opinion. You had this guy a few years ago who was trying to bring this to people's attention. Was he doing a good job at it? Bad job? That's not my place to judge. But he was trying to bring awareness to it while stuff was still going on. Now look what's going on. Shit is hitting the fan. And this guy's made out, I don't want to say a genius, but like when you look at him now, you're like, damn, this dude was onto something all these years ago. Yeah. That's the thing. It makes people uncomfortable when you post a picture where you see Con, you said Con Kaepernick kneeling and it says, you didn't like it when he peacefully protested but now you don't have a problem with this officer kneeling on this other guy's neck. And it's funny because I'm, I'm, I would never not acknowledge that there are amazing people out in this world who have dropped their ego and pride. And they're saying, you know what? I was wrong. I failed to see the message because I was being ignorant. And I apologize for that because now it's too far out of control. And Colin Kaepernick, whether they agreed with what he did or not, they realized the message was truthful and you can never, ever, ever take away from that. So that's a beautiful thing. So now fuck ass 49ers. Before, I, before we get into the 49ers, I just want to read like just some of the statement from the NFL Roger Goodell as current events dramatically underscore there remains much more to do as a country and as a league. Okay, cool. You had somebody in the league a few years ago that was trying to bring this to your attention and you blackballed them. People. Well, I'm just saying Kaepernick because he was one of, if not the right. first. That's the only reason why I said Kaepernick. Right. Mm-hmm. These tragedies inform the NFL's commitment and our ongoing efforts. There remains an urgent need for action. You had somebody there was doing it peacefully years ago. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yes, the 49ers. I saw this on Twitter. My head exploded. I retweeted with a comment saying, are you fucking kidding me? And they got roasted. They could have been the most diverse, most inclusive. Their brand would have been so amazing if they would have stuck with Kaepernick then to where it came to now. They literally, you, they probably would have been bigger than the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody said the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys is America's team and most expensive. The 49ers could have been there, but they fumbled the ball literally they literally blackballed a quarterback who did everything for them 
and now they're trying to stick up for what he did. Come on, man. Come on, man. Where's Chris Carter at? <laughs> no, absolutely. This guy was ahead of his time when it came to something like this. What I mean by ahead of his time is he was trying to bring awareness to people years ago before shit mm-hmm. got crazy like the way it is right now. So that's mm-hmm. why I give this man a lot of credit. He lost endorsements. He lost money. He gained some of it back. Who knows what's going to happen now? This guy could like just come out tomorrow and say, I'm running for office. And I definitely see people backing him 100%. Hey, I hope I hope he continues to grow and use his platform and, and you know to continue growing to fight for injustices across the world. I hope he does. But even if he doesn't, it's okay too because i mean we can't you know just constantly look to people to do it because we all got to do within ourselves so kaepernick wherever his journey goes he's got my full support no matter what if he chooses to stop today and never say another word his job has been done and that's where you got to look at it and that's what we got to see is the future so you know i want to get into these other athletes across other sports that have been saying some dumbass shit absolutely um putting their foot in their mouth i don't want to say this is dumbass shit but we did bring up the last dance really quick and Mm -hmm. there was a a subject that was i don't want to say touchy but it became more of light if you didn't know the story to where michael jordan didn't really as an athlete didn't really come out in support of causes and now it's his own prerogative whatever he did that's on him Whatever, you know, but then he made the joke about how Republicans buy sneakers, too. That's when stuff got crazy for him in hindsight of why he's not coming out. He talked about it in the the last dance. How much of it is true? That's to be said. Who cares? Subjective. Yep. Exactly. Just like, I mean, trust me, you know, in the documentary, there's stuff that we're like, come on, like, it can't be like that, you know? But he did just come out with a statement this past weekend which I don't want to say I'm surprised about, but I am a little bit only because of maybe because of him being the athlete and now him being an owner, he's kind of seen the broader picture maybe, but his statement that he put out, holy shit, it's amazing. It's it's, but the thing is I expect it from Jordan now because he has in instances had a few great statements over the years. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Like you are correct on that. Grow. So he's had statements come out and now he's walking the walk as we all expect him to as probably the most famous black man ever besides Obama, probably Martin Luther King, Michael Jordan. They're completely different platforms, but they're recognizable. They're iconic figures that this world has known. And he's he's using this platform in the right way. So regardless of whether, you know, what really happened in the 80s, he's walking his truth now. People grow and evolve. People make mistakes. So it's a beautiful thing to see, and I, and I love it. I'm here for it. I'm a, I'm a Jordan fan. Yeah, I'm definitely a Jordan fan too. And, I mean, his statement, like I said, it he couldn't have said it any better. I don't have the answers, but our collective voices show strength and an inability to divide by others. We must listen to each other, show compassion and empathy, and never turn our backs on senseless brutality. We need to continue peaceful expressions against injustice and demand accountability. I mean, of course, there's more to it, but that part right there is just, yeah. it's Michael Jordan. So when you know when he says something, he's saying something for, I want to say prove a point, but it's like, holy shit, he's talking. Let me sh- shut up and listen. Exactly. 
he knows the the gravity to anything that he puts out there is going to be felt you know you're going to feel that magnetic pull that he has created himself his aura so it's a beautiful thing and you know not to segue into the, the debates that everybody who's the better player lebron or jordan but lebron is a similar athlete where he's bringing his platform and he's always been outspoken he, yes he has i'll give him uh, kudos to that ever for, since the beginning exactly wearing the eric garner shirts i can't breathe he's always been there he's always been on the forefront to speak no, I was going to say a few years ago when it was uh, him, Wade, Paul, and Anthony on the stage after, was it Michael Brown or either, Eric Gardner? I believe it was after Eric Garner because that's when the original I Can't Breathe came yes, out. Yes, you are correct. All right, yeah, so then, well, I mean, when they were on stage and gave that whole speech statement, whatever it was, mm-hmm. he was in his prime. So, no, exactly. definitely kudos to him for being very outspoken, but it's like with Jordan – I'm not trying to get sidetracked or anything here, but like, do you think because of the last dance documentary coming out now, I'm not saying he had to put something out just because the eyes were still on him, but because of mm-hmm. little kids now that did not know who Michael Jordan was there, they watched it going, Holy right. shit. Who is this guy? This guy's unbelievable that like his yeah. star grew more. You like, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? I believe that the, the mythology of who Jordan is, is bigger now because of the last dance It's brought that to young kids who weren't even born when he played at all. You know, a kid born in 2002, they're only 18 years old. They didn't really watch Jordan with the wizards. That, that wasn't really Jordan. They wouldn't even remember that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even remember that. So it's literally, he is at the biggest probably he's ever been going back to his bulls days. But now, like I said, I don't think it's because of that that he's making the statement because he's made statements before. So we, we can't ever forget that. And it's just that this is just such a time where everybody is hyper vigil, hyper aware of the circumstances that are going on. It just, it's a bigger situation. So it hits harder, but I mean, he's made statements about when kids died, uh, you know, buying Jordans and things like that. He's made those little statements, but those kind of go unnoticed because it's not a widespread thing, but he's been there. He's been there. I applaud him. I honestly do. All right. Now getting to the point that you wanted to make about athletes and putting their foots in their mouth, which I've definitely seen that over the last week, especially when it comes to, I'm not going to say his name, a certain wrestler. He put out a tweet last night. Let's just say it did not go over well with his fellow compadre wrestlers. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. He he's in a tag team. Also, I'm not going to put those guys on blast because they came out with stuff, whether or not it's like, you know, like the Jordan thing, how much of it's true and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But this dude basically saying, you know, tweeted out saying that he supports what Trump said and all that shit. And his fellow wrestlers mm-hmm. called him out on it. So I give the, and some of the people that did call him out are major stars mm-hmm. in the company right now. So I give those guys major kudos because I really hope that does not affect their push you know, being with what's going on and everybody being outspoken. But I know you wanted to talk about some athletes in uh, other sports and wrestling. You know, it's just sports brings people together in a way that few things can. These athletes have a responsibility on their platform. I don't care what team you are, who you play for. You have responsibility in your moment to not think that you're either too big or too small. Because some people think they can just get these statements out and it's not going to reflect. That's being tone deaf, but a few NBA players, one in particular, he's a young NBA star, only in his second year in the league. He released a statement saying 
we should pray for the cops. Now, listen, don't take my words out of context and act like I don't pray for cops. My father's a cop. So let's not even get into semantics on BS because you can't say shit to me. My dad's been a cop for 26 years. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I Just like you and uh, myself, kids we grew up with in these days are cops now. I have good friends who are cops. One of my cop buddies hit me up immediately and, and you know, told me he was with me the day this happened. So now you cannot, as an athlete, especially a young black athlete, somehow try to say, let's pray for the cops instead of condemning them because they get off already. They get off every day. <laughs> they don't go to trial. They don't, they don't see the repercussions. They get administrative leave. They're back on the streets. So in that moment, I'd rather you be quiet and then really, really think about what you're going to say and then release it. These NBA players, football players were hitting these statements. And they were getting destroyed. And I loved it. And you can't tell me that what they said was right if they're getting destroyed by the majority. If 99% of people tell you the sky is purple and you look up and see that it's blue, that might be something wrong. You might <laughs> need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get Absolutely. You can pull the wool over your eyes, but something's wrong. So that's really the majority I want to say that these athletes need to use their platform. I've been there. I've seen that. Some of these athletes, they don't give a shit about nothing because they're so tunnel vision. All they care about is basketball, money, and that's it. And I get it. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody expects you to be an activist. But when you take to your platform and make a statement in regards to the current events of the world, boy, you better come correct. That's tone deafness at its definition. Absolutely. And I feel like I know today I, uh, I saw on Twitter some athletes that were marching with the protests that are going on in cities. I know I, I want to say it was maybe Deshaun Watson. I saw him protesting over in, over in Houston. I want to say there was a picture that got out. I didn't see Deshaun, but I know, I know Trey young. Yes. I know Trey young. I want to say it was yesterday. Was it? He had, you know, he participated and he gave a speech. He gave a speech was, which was for somebody his age to give a speech like that. Major kudos, man. Cause that was very respectful. He didn't say anything wrong. He just said what he felt in a very respectful way. With all of us coming together and doing this as a collective unit, and I feel like justice will be served and changes will be made if we all come together. And this is this is us doing it. This is the first step. And I'm I'm happy that everybody came out here today. Proud to be here. Proud to be from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, yeah. up here. So for me, uh, I didn't want to come up here and talk too much, um, but I pray every day that, this, that justice will be served for George and his family. There's not just him. It's hundreds and hundreds of other people. Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Everybody. Everybody. It's not, it's not just them. It's, it's, this is, this is, it's got to change. And uh, so thank you guys for letting me talk. And I just want to say no justice, no peace. I'm uh, I'm not used to doing this. Um, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not very open about what I what I see or the things that go on in this world very often. But uh, for me, um, even though I'm 21 years old, I feel that it was necessary, and this is this is bigger than me. Um, and I feel like this is a a big 
a big step in the right direction. I grew up here in Norman. Everywhere I go, I try to represent this city as best as I can. And I know this, this country is in a messed up place right now. And um, for me, um, I just think it's important that, that we all stick together and we stand up for what's right. And it's not just going to take just me. It's not just going to take just you. Exactly. And that's a key to it. If you're in tune with society, if you're in tune with what's going on, it's going to come natural because there is no right or wrong. It's literally, there's really just right because you're going to see what's happening in the world. You're going to have that feeling of something's not right and you're going to speak on it and you're going to come from the heart and it's going to happen. But when your heart's not in it, that's when you come with a BS statement. That's when you say, you don't talk about George Floyd, but you talk about the looting. You don't talk about systemic oppression. You just talk about, oh, well, there's just one bad cop. There's just a few bad cops. That's being tone deaf. And that's just the key to society of not being a tunnel vision person, seeing all sides, having empathy, and coming correct. And now we could even get into the musicians and other people who make terrible statements too, because they're, they're just as bad. I have, honestly, I haven't seen any musicians come out with statements. I would not be surprised about what oh, yeah. about musicians coming out and saying things. But I mean, go ahead and talk about that because, in all honesty, I really didn't say anything. The only thing I know about is what was going on today with the Blackout Tuesday on uh, mm-hmm. social media and all that, and that was started mm-hmm. by uh, two African American women in the music industry, mm-hmm. and then. I guess people definitely got this thing misconstrued big time. Definitely. They got this thing so misconstrued and I get it. They were towards the later, you know, in the day it got, it improved. People were, you know, posting what they were supposed to post, but in the beginning people were just posting, you know, black lives matter. And that was messing up every, like the hashtags and stuff. Wasn't it or something? I think I read it was, it was, it was, it was uh, muddling down the algorithm so that when people click black lives matter, they were just seeing black squares. So the people who were checking for resources and checking to see what they could do to help, or even just seeing like what's been going on, you know, the injustices, they weren't really seeing it. So then obviously it started to change and it started to evolve and people, you know, went back, edited things and it fixed it. So then it became fine, but you know, it created, it was in the music industry. So they didn't want people to self promote. They didn't want people to, you know, share their artwork. What they want to do is post a blackout tile, blackout Tuesday, and then you share things to help the community, help the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. And that's when you tag it. So it got a little misconstrued and, you know, people kind of got up in arms a little bit and, you know, you start hitting the conspiracy theories, but it's still solidarity. Still people were posting and doing it. I saw people who I never thought would post did it. Like literally people right up, I was about to hit them with the block button and they, they started posting. So I can't say it's a bad thing. I can't, I can't. Not here. No, like I said, I saw it last night and I was even confused by it. So, and then when I started reading more into it, that's when I go, oh, okay, you know, what they're saying now makes total sense. Before we wrap it up, I know this is a very weird uh, reunion show, I guess you can call it. (laughs) Hey, well, listen, if that's what it took to get us together, I'm not mad at it, man. You know, hopefully it won't be our last, but... No, it definitely won't now that I... My equipment is officially set up. I have, you know, a nice little corner 
set up yeah. for all the um for my equipment and everything that that was like one of my biggest obstacles was the equipment and uh, the software I was using. But now that it's all said and done, what happened? I said, we in there like swim more now. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I mean, before we wrap it up though, do you have any last thoughts about what's going to happen? Like, what do you want? I mean, of course I know what you want to see probably happen, but like, what is your vision of the end game of this? Yeah. I mean, if it's too crazy to say what my end game would be is obviously to end racism, but you know what I mean? I'm not going to give out hope, but I'm definitely not going to see it in my generation. I probably won't see it in my kids' generation, but maybe my grandkids, maybe my great, great grandkids one day will see something, a better world where it's less uh, hate, more love, more peace, you know, where the cops are trained better, where the empathy is there, where, The world doesn't see the color of my skin as a problem. That's the end game. And, you know, not to get too heavy to end on, you know, end on that kind of note, but I've been seeing people come out, support, show love, get solidarity with other black people, white, black, Spanish, Asian, everything to come together and realize at the end of the day, we all we got. Because without you, there is no me. Without me, there is no you. And that's what people need to realize. I want us to grow as a society where I don't have to see my president and feel like he hates me because I'm black. Donald Trump doesn't know me, but I feel like he hates me. I feel like he wouldn't, if he, if I was on fire, he wouldn't piss on me. And white people are going to say, but that's your president. I didn't say he wasn't my president. I just addressed him as my president. You literally just said that too. So (laughs) exactly. But at the end of the day, I don't want somebody who's sitting in office who creates such divide. I don't want, I don't care if he's not the best president. I don't care if he is the best president. If he's creating a divide, that's not what I'm about. That's not what's good in my heart. I just want people to get out there and do their part. Vote, show love, reach out to your black friends, reach out to your ethnic friends. And don't just say, how are you? Ask them, are you tired? Do you want to see me? You want to get a drink. How's your heart feeling today? Be there for them. That's it. Spread love. That's the only way we're going to get over this. You know what I mean? That's my two piece about that. I mean, who would have thought that this guy that gets to sit, you know, in this, this iconic house, he would make George Bush like a, look like a fucking genius. Hey man, listen, I promise you, you know, George Bush is, (laughs) George Bush was uh, exactly, man, but guess what? I I can laugh when I listen to him a little bit. Like he can make me smile. A little oh bit. yeah, absolutely. Fool me, once, fool me once, shame on uh, fool me, fool me can't get fooled. <laughs> but it's not even that Shout though. He <laughs> right, but it's not even that though. Even though he was, I don't want to say controversial, but like he did some very controversial things. But like at a time of need, he knew when to bring the country together. Nine eleven is like the perfect example. He knew what to say, what to do, and how to act in a reasonable manner. Exactly. He knew the right things to say and how to just make people feel together. Because guess what? When they played that first baseball game in New York after everything happened, that was part of him being able to bring people together. Could you imagine Donald Trump right now? Donald Trump shot tear gas at people on the front lawn to create a photo op while he was holding the Bible up like it was a, a pamphlet he got off the front of his Bro. car like 
I saw that video yesterday of him holding up the Bible. And the first thing that went through my mind was, is he looking at it to make sure he's holding it correctly? That's the first thing that went through my mind. But then it comes yeah. out, he was still holding it wrong. Yeah. So uh, it is what it is. But like, how do you look at something and go, oh, okay, cool. And then you still do it incorrectly. That's like you trying to show me one plus one equals two. And I go, oh, it's 11. Yeah. Listen, Trump going Trump. That's what's going to happen. And as Trump supporters are going to do the same thing, I just hope that they open their eyes and really see what it is. But they might like it like that. I couldn't agree with more what you had to say. I mean, I mean, look, you, you said in the beginning, I'm a white boy. Hip hop influenced <laughs> my life since the ninth, eighth, ninth grade, whatever. I had pictures hanging on my wall from the source double XL vibe of all these hip hop artists. I mean, this culture influenced me in a way that I never thought it would. And it's just weird to see now what the hell's going on to where this music in a way is their form of expression. And that's what kind of gravitated me towards this music was hearing Mm -hmm. these artists talk about it. I mean, it's weird to say, but like the first time I ever heard NWA, I was a young kid. I was living in New Jersey at the time and I was hanging out with a friend who was older than me. And I'm like, oh, what's this? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, your parents won't let you listen to this. And it was NWA, straight out of Compton. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I and was the listening rest was to. History. And the rest was history. No, it took, it took me years later to get back into it. But as a young kid <laughs> hearing lyrics of NWA talking about what they're going through in life, that's mm-hmm. a shell shock for an eight-year-old kid to hear, number one. But then for when sure. you get older in life, you go back and you re-listen to it, you find out these people's stories mm-hmm. and you understand why they are saying the stuff that they say. Now, exactly. straight out of Compton, it was one of my favorite movies that came out the year that it did. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know biographies, they can be manipulated and all that, but from what I've heard, honestly, that is the real way that they wrote Fuck the Police. Oh, yeah. So, to oh, see yeah. the way that came all about, now I'm not going to say he came up with the lyrics, you know, Oh, here you go. Exactly. Yeah. But I definitely can see why you would write a song like that. Mm-hmm. And then definitely. years later, you have people like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. When they first come out, you're like, holy shit, who are these guys? These guys are so lyrical. And then to see the progress that they've made in their, their career. Kendrick Lamar's to Pimp a Butterfly. You have um, J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hill Drive. For your eyes only, you see the maturity in them, not just KOD. Exactly. To me, KOD is an album that's made for this generation's kids. Exactly. Because he's talking about how to do your taxes, what to look out for. He's trying to tell these kids, don't be fuck ups like the way that we were doing it back then. Exactly. But to hear the way that they progress from talking about girls, cars, jewelry, to talking about protesting. And what's going on in the real world? It's mm-hmm. it was incredible to hear like this maturity that you're hearing from them. Facts. That's called growth. That's what I want everybody. That's the message that I can leave. You know, to add on to what I said before, grow. Just keep growing. Don't stop growing. Don't be afraid. If you're afraid to grow, you won't grow. That's the thing. You can change. You can become something. You know, I had a friend reach out to me and he said, "Yo, I feel like if I post a black towel, I'm kind of copping out." And, you know, I want to do more. 
I said, bro, that's a start. And that's all that matters. It's one foot in front of the other. It's like a person who's out of shape or overweight or wherever it may be going outside and just taking a lap around their block. I can't ever hate on that person ever in life because they took that first step and they're making the move. And that's what everybody got to do. Take that first step. And that's, that's all I got to say. That's my piece on that. <laughs> now, one last question before we do wrap this up for real this time. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself going with this now? Because I know you said you're thinking about doing it, you know, organizing another protest this time, a little bit more organized. I'm sure more people are going to join this time. Where do you see yourself taking this now? Or like, where would you like to? You know, my thing is, it started at a place of hurt. This is all out of a place of hurt and anguish. I hope that it can eventually turn into uh, coming from a place of love. So where I want to take this, just keep using my platform. I don't care if it hits one person, if it hits a million people, just being able to spread a message on all my platforms and just be able to go from there. So whether it's organizing more protests, doing more podcasts like this, IG Lives, I just want to be able to show an experience as a young black man who grew up, uh, you know, just like everybody else, but we can have such different lives. So I just hope that I can just continue to influence. Hopefully people will, you know, take it, listen to it, learn from it, grow it in their heart. And that's all I want. So keep growing the message that black lives matter. You can't say all lives matter until black lives matter. RIP to all the men, women, children, have died in the past from police brutality racism and to all the ones who are gonna die because it's not gonna stop r.i.p to the protesters who have died r.i.p to the store owners who have died it's out there and guess what i'm with you i got your back i don't care if you're black white yellow purple blue i got your back i'm here for you so that's where i wanted to go we're going we're going we're not stopping it's a sentiment of my one of my favorite rappers of all time who's no longer with us Nipsey Hussle, his whole motto was the marathon. We're in this marathon of life, and the marathon still continues. We out here. That was awesome. I'm glad we were able to do this, seriously. Because hey, I won't I lie. like I, I won't lie, because at first I was, I don't want to say I was hesitant, but I was like, like, what am I really going to bring to this? Like, I really wanted you to get your voice out there just because, you know, it's affecting you. This isn't really affecting me. What's going to happen to me? I could get beat up. That's it. This is gonna affect you more than me, though. Of course. Well, so that was like one of the that was like one of the reasons why I did it because I know you did this thing with uh, CJ last Thursday, and I know you I that was more serious. CJ. I know that was more serious. You told me this one you wanted to have a little bit more lighthearted, but also have the serious tone, which I definitely think we did get across, in my opinion. For sure. So I mean, before we end it, man, you got any shout outs? Hey, here we go. <laughs> I just want to take a big shout out to everybody out there who's reached out to me. I want to give a shout out to everybody on Instagram who's really been, you know, reaching out, giving me good words. You know, before I go, I got to say, follow me on Instagram, King underscore D-E-Z 85. That's King underscore Dez 85. Follow me. Let's get together. Let's grow together. Shout outs to my mom and my little sister. They came out to the protest with me. We was out there. It was great seeing these Whoa, generations. that was your little sister next to you? Yeah, man. Bro, I remember when she was first born. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, man. About to be a senior in high school. So, you know. What I the have F? To, I have to be that. Yeah, I have to be that example to her and show her, you know what I mean? That 
it's a brighter future for her and she doesn't have to be afraid to be black so we out here bro give a shout out to you for doing this with me for real it's been too long we'll definitely we're definitely going to figure out ways to do this again but just shout outs man i know normally we end the shout outs like in a funny way just prop big proppings (laughs) like big things but i don't i don't know man like it just doesn't feel right this time but just shout out to everybody man just be safe if you are protesting don't do anything stupid exactly use common sense if yeah i'm gonna leave that shout out to everybody be safe use common sense don't do anything stupid and we'll be back soon this this next time though man (laughs) jesus marrow we're coming for the fucking crown we coming with the shit (laughs) we coming with the shits Bro, I told you they stole our gimmick. I'm gonna leave it at that. They stole our gimmick. I'm hey, Jesus Merrill, I'm coming for y'all. New York ain't got nothing on <laughs> Bro, they're gonna look Ooh. at us and go, who the fuck are these two clowns? <laughs> Your worst nightmare. <laughs> we were Jesus Amaro before there was Jesus Amaro. Big facts. <laughs> we out though, man. We'll be back soon with another episode of the DC show and we out. You're Obama waited until his last day in office to tell the nation brothers is getting their reparations. Hey, a man can drink, can he? No disrespect in terms of change, I haven't seen any. Maybe he had good intentions but was stifled by the system and was sad to learn he actually couldn't bring any. That's what I get for thinking. This world is fair. They let a brother steer the ship and never told him that the ship was sinking. But I got other to think about, like my bank account. Forget that watch, you paid too much for it. 
you ought to be ashamed when brothers back home be dreaded when the seasons change because they ain't got no heat and they ain't got no ac walmart distribution fire my homie he just had a baby you wonder why it's been so many B&Es lately while brothers from the hood shooting like this is tnt lately and since all the ballers leaving college early i turn on the tv and don't see no brothers with degrees lately are we all alone fighting on our own please give me a chance i don't wanna dance something's got me down i will stand my ground don't just stand around don't just stand around all we want to do is be free all we want to do is be free all we want to do is take the chains off